0: Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. And today we welcome not one, but two guests inside the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, each of them a proud alum of MLB.com, and these days lending their voices and faces to the TV broadcasts for Texas Rangers baseball, none other than Dave Raymond and C.J. Nickowski and guys, I'm guessing there was a Big party at Napoli's last night because Mike Napoli, as everyone knows, hit the walk-off three-run shot to defeat the Padres 5-2. Dave, I want to start with you. Uh, in terms of uh, favorite things to call as a play-by-play guy, where does a walk-off home
1: run rank for you personally? Well, that's got to be right there, right? That's got to be at the top, I think, a walk-off of any variety. You know, and sometimes I think for play-by-play guys, the more complex you can get, the, the more exciting and interesting it is. But there are occasions, last night I think was definitely one of them, where it was kind of the right guy in the right spot to hit that home run. It felt like the right way for that game to end. And, and so that kind of a situation is as fun as it really gets in the game. Yeah, big, big
0: win, a big moment for Mike Dappley, one of his uh, two home runs out of the night as uh, the Rangers came from behind to defeat the Padres uh, 5-2. Fans, you know the drill by now, fire up the webcam to go one-on-one, or in this case, one-on-two with Dave Raymond and CJ <laughs> Nikowski, and we've got some questions through the MLB Fans app, and uh, CJ, want to start with you for this one. Uh, going back to the walk-off homer last night, could you look at this game potentially, maybe months from now, as a turning point for this Ranger team, which has kind of struggled up to this point?
2: Yeah, without a doubt. Whenever you have those kind of big comeback wins, the guys are going to come in the next day. They're going to be feeling good about how the game went. Yeah, the season hasn't started exactly the way that the Rangers had hoped. But this could be one of those moments. I mean, they absolutely expect – to get things turned around to be in the postseason picture uh, at the end of this season and so you have the slow start but then all of a sudden you have a couple of big wins really the last two were big ones it was an emotional one last night but just to win these last two uh, against the Padres I think gets the team going in the right direction feeling a little bit better uh, about the day when you wake up and you come to the ballpark so yeah it could be one of those days I think it's uh, no doubt about it with those kind of situations but bigger picture I think for this team they're doing a lot of things well and I think it's coming down to uh, a matter of whether or not getting it all going at the same time the starting pitching has been really good uh, the offense we know has a ton of power and the bullpen has been throwing the ball a lot better as well so you put all those things together and then a nice defining moment last night and you could say yeah, it looks like maybe the rangers are ready to go on a big run
0: yeah maybe that big win could be a launching pad for this ranger team right now a fan is ready to go so fire away with your question please hey dave hey cj it's john i'm from new
1: york i wanted to know which city is your favorite to travel to on the road whether it's the american league or the National League. That's a good one. I I mean, there there are a lot of really great cities to go to. Seattle's awesome. Chicago's awesome. New York's great. For me, I love being in the Bay Area, San Francisco. Uh, I spent 12 years kind of in my young adult life living in San Francisco, so there's a lot of great haunts that I still like to go back and see, a lot of great friends back there. But the weather's always, you know, refreshing in the baseball season. I think that's a big one is when you can get a place where in July – august whatever the case the weather's nice you can just take the edge off a little bit uh that's a big part of it but when you go to san francisco big crowds excited knowledgeable fan base gorgeous ballpark that's probably tops now we go to the bay area all the time to see the <laughs> oakland A's, and there's no complaints it's okay still going to the other side to do it but uh for me i like being in the bay
2: area yeah you have a couple of cities that give you kind of uh, reason, different reasons to kind of get excited about it. I love going back to New York. It's where I grew up, and and anytime you get a chance to work a, a Yankee or a Met game at one is a lot of fun. But there's just also, you go to certain places that have great atmospheres at the ballpark, Boston is one of those. It is electric there every single time, whether you're calling a game or playing a game. The atmosphere uh, there is always a fun one, as is Wrigley. It's kind of the same thing. So a couple of the historic parks are really great. Then you get your cities. You mentioned Seattle. Seattle is one of my favorites uh, as well. A really great ballpark. Uh, Good people up there. Uh, Always good restaurants as well. I I don't think there's any bad cities necessarily uh, in the big leagues, but there are certain ones, I think, that you mark on your calendar that you look forward to going to. So for me, getting back – um, to New York and, and going back home is always a fun one, but there's never a time where you look at the schedule and go, "Oh man, I can't believe I have to go here." They just don't exist in the big leagues. All the stadiums are beautiful now. Uh, all the hotels, everything else, the amenities are just fantastic uh, across the board. So sometimes, no, uh, huh?
1: sometimes too, it's about vantage point. Yeah, right? we've got point. a good vantage point?
2: Washington D.C. Right? You go to the Nationals. Yeah. It's a nice stadium. It's a great city. You don't necessarily love sitting 6,000 feet in the air to write a call <laughs> the game. You feel like you're sitting in a blimp. So yeah, maybe from a broadcaster standpoint. That might not be a favorite, but it's still a great ballpark and great atmosphere there. But, yeah, things change, right? As a player, it was, all right, well, how's the clubhouse manager? You know, am I looking forward to to kind of being in that club or uh, that clubhouse, or is it like I don't want to go face this team? They crush me all the time. Those are the things that matter more as a player. Now as a broadcaster, it's like, oh, well, who's got the best booth, vantage point, best access, whatever it may be. So the reasons for which uh, you like a city or don't like a city change a little bit depending on your role.
0: Five-star accommodations across the board, no question. We have another fan at Ready to Go, so fan fire away for Dave and CJ.
2: How you doing, guys? My name is Sam. I'm from Dallas. I had a question here. Um, do you all think the A.L.S. is still for grabs, or uh, do we have to settle for a wild-card spot if we were to get into the playoffs? Well, I mean, look,
1: it's early is, is what I would go with. The, the Astros are off to a great start, but I think we all know, you know, mathematically, over the course of 162 games, things happen. And a lot of those things have already happened for the Rangers. And we're starting to see them claw their way back in. And, and I was thinking about this the other night, CJ. As much as the Rangers have gone through at, at this point of the season, we talk about no Bell trade at this point, uh, a number of injuries, the, the, the bullpen issues. This is a team that's four games under mm-hmm. 500. I think if you're in the division and you look at the Rangers objectively and you say, they've had all this stuff go wrong and they're f- four games under 500, I think if you're in this division, you would look at that with some concern and think, "Man, they should be buried, but they're not." So, I, I don't think the division is out of the question yet. I think obviously, you know, the way that Houston has gotten out of the gates, you would have to you'd have to think hard about a wild card. But Houston's still going to have their issues at some mm-hmm. point this year.
2: Yeah, and I think about this too. The 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 Rangers have been there and done that before, right? Look at. 2015 in the slow start, 2016 as well, and they were able to come back from that. So you have guys in this clubhouse that have been there and done that, and there is no way that Jeff Bannister is going to allow these guys to start thinking about, well, could we make a wild card? We don't have a chance at winning the division. You never think that way. You think about the division until the day that you're mathematically eliminated. Uh, I like all the things that you said. Adrian Beltrade coming back. Don't forget Cole Hamels now will be back here hopefully in about seven weeks from now. That'll certainly be a big boost. But there are good things happening here. This rotation has been very good. I think a little bit underrated right now nationally. They've done a really nice job. That gives you a chance to win. And the idea of sorting out the bullpen, it's getting better. We know it didn't go exactly the way guys had hoped. and Rangers fans had hoped uh, to start the year. But it looks like it's starting to get filtered out here a little bit, and they've got it figured out. And it's going to be important. Those guys have to throw well. There's no doubt about it. You're not going to be able to win uh, without having a strong bullpen. But I think they're kind of through those bumps in the road, and you put all those things together. And, listen, you've got to believe in it. You never come to the ballpark and start thinking, especially in May, well, it looks like the division uh, is done. You can't do it. You can't act defeated. They have great leadership here uh, with their coaching staff. They won't let them do it. Now, if you want to be more of a realist, Right? I heard Mad Dog Russo the other day on, on MLB Network going, oh, the Rangers are done. They got zero chance, man. You know, Knock yourself out, man. If you want to be that guy, you could be that guy, but it's not going to happen here in this clubhouse.
0: It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as the saying goes, and sometimes you need to remind yourself of that when things aren't going so well. It is a very, very long season indeed. Uh, guys, back to social media. Great question here from Holmesy03. If you could broadcast any game from the past, what would that one game be?
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, There's been so many great games, and you think about – big walk-offs in the postseason I think that would have to be it or maybe some moments from our uh, generations things that are a little bit more recent but I mean the Bobby Thompson home run yeah that'd be a fun one uh, to be able to call go into a place like the Polo Grounds and call a walk-off in a World Series that would be great or um, you know thinking about maybe some I don't know maybe the Derek Jeter uh, last hit that he had was kind of a fun moment iconic moment but uh, give me any of the big ones you know give me any of the big ones uh, in the postseason Uh, I think that's the way that you'd want to go
1: I think there was a Nikowski, like six walk, yeah, four hit win. There's uh, there's few the years shortage ago. of those. <laughs> no, you know what? I uh, the Bobby Thompson home run, 1951, game three of a three game playoff mm. to, to decide the pennant. Uh, golly, I can't I can't think of a more intense atmosphere than that one. Uh, but at the same time, you could throw a lot of them in there. You could throw Game Seven, 61 World Series, uh, you know, Masuraski's home run, um, and then you know what? One, one that's always kind of stood out to me too is the Kerry Wood uh, 20 strikeout yeah, game one. against uh, against the Astros years yeah. ago. That was that was an electric day. At Wrigley Field, crazy. Uh, the, the stuff was just so intensely good that day. So. Those are games that just kind of jumped to mind. Yeah, because
2: that's one of the greatest starts of all time, especially yeah. if you like game score and using a way to kind of judge starts. I was at that game. I was sitting in the bullpen as a member of the Astros and had a pretty good seat to watch him dominate the 20 strikeout games because we've only had, what, four now yeah. where Roger Clemens has done it twice, Kerry Wood, and then Max Scherzer. And Randy Johnson did it. It technically doesn't count because the game went extra innings. But, yeah, I mean, a 20-strikeout game is the rarest as far as pitching feats right now, right? We've got way more perfect games. Obviously, way more no-hitters, but a 20-strikeout one would be fun.
1: There was the Don Larson perfect game that's in the World one. Series, yeah, too, which that is one. pretty, yeah, that's
2: pretty probably, good. That's so. probably the one, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly a lot to choose from. That goes without saying, as right now another fan is ready to go. So, fan, fire away with your question for Dave and CJ, please. Hey, my name is Ethan, and I'm from the Cincinnati area. And I wanted to know what should prospective broadcasters do to try to get into the field?
2: Practice, 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 practice. And if this is something that you want to do, first of all, and Dave can tell you and explain this a little bit better than I can, but the idea of taking basically any job that you can get uh, whether you know whether it be minor league baseball, college baseball, whatever. You go to a small school, wherever it can be, the repetitions are hugely important. I tell guys, people ask me this question a lot, like former players, and say, you know, usually you look at the guys that are in the booth, they're usually pretty big names. right? How would you get that job? Like, I know you weren't a big player. I know I get it, but it comes through, I think, hard work, opportunity. I mean, listen, the opportunity I had with MLB.com kind of kicked this whole thing off for me, but willing to do whatever it takes. And that goes for athletes, but I think it also goes uh, for this situation as well. Practicing games, right? Sitting up in the stands, maybe far away. If you want to do play-by-play, go to a game live, record yourself, kind of go through, call it uh, by yourself. Go back and listen to it. Uh, ask for feedback. I mean, it's just like anything, man. You got to grind, you got to hustle, uh, you got to work your tail off, and you got to be willing. I think to take any job, you have to show a passion. Uh, and again, same thing that goes into playing. There's kind of I think a lot of similarities. Don't think you ever have it completely have it figured out. Constantly be working uh, to be better.
1: I guarantee you'll never have it all figured out, Ethan. But uh, <laughs> You know, it, all, all, all of what C.J. says is very, very true. The, the reps are critical, and I can tell you whether it's baseball, football, or others, and it was always baseball for me. I did go, you know, to Candlestick Park. I took the tape recorder. I sat up on the upper deck. I had people come up and hackle me. What are you doing? You like a, <laughs> look like a <laughs> homeless crazy man guy. talking to yourself <laughs> up there. And, and and the reality is you kind of have to do that at times. At the end of the day, in baseball, it's going to be critical to get a job in the minor leagues, as a play-by-play guy anyway. You're going to have to get a job in the minor leagues. You're going to have to grind it out through multiple seasons, probably. I did 11. A lot of guys have done fewer. But you're going to have to go through the minor leagues. Learn the game. You'll learn the, the rhythms and just how it all works with a team. And you'll get those reps. You'll get a ton of reps in the minor leagues. And that's going to be critical to develop your voice, develop your style, and just get comfortable with who you are in a booth.
0: Well, the, uh, the true professionals like each of you make this look very easy. The reality is it's anything but. So good lessons there. It requires hard work and nothing short of that. Right now time for the EDJ question of the day, and that is uh, quite simply for each of you. What is the wildest game you've ever broadcasted?
2: Well, I don't have a long history. I'm sure Dave uh, probably has some better ones uh, than I have. So I only have whatever many games I've done so far this year, about 15. I was only doing about 10 a year. Uh, before that the last three years. So I haven't had anything super exciting. I mean, last night was fun with the walk-off uh, home run from Mike Napoli in a big moment like that. But I haven't had that one yet. I mean, it's like anything, you always remember your first one uh, and doing the first game that I ever called. Uh, the first big league game I ever got to call was with John Sterling. Uh, Ironically, a radio game, which was a pretty big deal, right? I mean, he's a huge deal in New York, and I grew up a Yankee fan. And so to have an opportunity just to sit in the booth with him and actually call a game, I think it was more about the experience for me than the actual game itself. So that's a moment that I'll never forget. And then I got to do one later with Howie Rose on radio. I mean, you talk about some really great broadcasters and legendary guys. I think those really are the ones that stick out to me earlier in my career, and I still feel like I'm pretty early in my career, hopefully I am at least. Uh, But the idea of who I got to work with so far has probably been bigger than the actual game that I've called.
1: That's a troubling career arc for you, <laughs> Sterling, Rose, yeah. Raymond. But, Raymond. Listen, you, you take what you can get in this business. For me, uh, you know, look, in the minor leagues, I saw all kinds of bizarre stuff. Um, and, and a lot of it had nothing to do with what was happening on the field between innings one and nine. But in the big leagues, I've had some great opportunities. Uh, they called Matt Kane's perfect game against the Astros in San Francisco several years ago. That was pretty special just to be there in that environment that day and be a part of that. I I spent the entire game, I did no prep. You'll love this. I did no prep for that game. I spent the whole day downstairs in the Giants clubhouse with Willie Mays. Oh, wow. And and I was running late to get up to the booth, and Willie wouldn't let me go. He wanted to keep talking. (laughs) We were talking about all sorts of wacky (laughs) stuff. And I had to keep talking. Willie, lineups in like two minutes, dude. I got to (laughs) go. Uh, so that was a really crazy day. The other one is Hurricane Ike blew through Houston when I was with the Astros. We had to move a series uh, with the Cubs to Milwaukee. The day we traveled, we got a, uh, it, it, you know, obviously in a hurricane, it's a crazy situation. The day we traveled, it was the only plane that was actually at the airport in Houston. We get up to Milwaukee. We played that night. Carlos Zambrano throws a no-hitter against us. Called that one as well, obviously, and uh, it's the only no-hitter ever to be pitched in a neutral site, obviously. Why would it ever happen? And it happened that day. Um, That one stands out as a memorable, although very forgettable, and (laughs) crazy, crazy day for me.
0: Okay, guys, another fan is ready to go. So, fan, when you're ready, how about your question, please, for CJ Nikkowski and Dave Raymond. Fire away.
2: Hi, my name is Gabe. I'm
1: from Windsor, Ontario. And I was wondering, what has been your favorite Rangers game to broadcast in your career?
2: Well, my career has been really short. So I have to say probably last night because that was one of the more emotional games uh, that the Rangers have had, I think, especially what's been going on here lately. But to watch Mike Napoli hit a walk-off home run on Party of Napoli t-shirt night here. They just started selling those at the ballpark and at 108stitches.com. Check those out. So that was probably, for me, like I said, I don't know how many I've done so far this year, maybe 15 or so. Yeah. But uh, that's been the, uh, the biggest one. The, the Ranger career so far for me has been uh, very short. That was maybe the most exciting one we've had so far. Yeah,
1: and that was it was a really special one, too. And I think so much went into it, uh, not the least of which was the need for the Rangers to win that game last night the way it happened so that was that was a really special one and then last year for me uh, there was a game here and it was about this time of year actually it was against the houston astros a team that that the rangers have dominated over the last few years Uh, astros were winning that one they were still kind of the fair-haired boys in the in the division people were excited about this great astros team that was going to roll into the world series and we beat them in walk-off fashion that night, and really set the tone for the rest of the season and the way the Rangers would handle them the rest of the way. It was really fun to beat that team because there is definitely a rivalry between the two. It was an energetic night here at the ballpark, a great finish to that game, and they just happened to bobble a ball in the ninth inning to crack open the door. We took advantage, walked it off against them. That was a very, very exciting night for me that night. Yeah,
0: so. the excitement always through the roof for, the, for these uh, Lone Star State showdowns between the Rangers and the Astros. No question. Every time they lock horns, right now another fan is ready to go. So, fan, fire away. Hi, I'm CJ. Hi, dear. I'm Dan from New York. Uh, you guys seem like the Rangers will get much better this year. So, which player do you think will come up big for the Rangers, and
2: why? That's a good question. Thinking about it, will there be one guy the rest of the way that maybe we'll be able to look back at the end of the year and say, you know what, that was the difference maker? I don't know if it's one. I mean, this is a pretty deep lineup uh, offensively, and so there are a lot of great candidates, and to try to pick – You know, just one and say that's going to be the guy. I don't know if there will be just one, but there's certainly guys that are going to have better seasons maybe than they've had uh, so far. I think that's absolutely going to be the case, and as we talked about earlier, a healthy Adrian Beltre is, I think, the guy that everyone is waiting on to get back in the lineup. That could be the biggest difference maker. Obviously, we know what he brings to the field Uh, on it. What he does defensively and offensively really balances out the lineup. I think they've been missing him from that regard, but then there's also the leadership in the clubhouse and in the dugout, and yes, he's still around, and it's still there, but I don't think it's quite the same uh when you're playing every day your name's in that lineup and so i'd say probably adrian beltray once he gets healthy if we we're to pick just one maybe the guy who has uh, the most impact the rest of the way yeah
1: they're going to get better they're definitely going to get better i think uh we're already seeing some improvements day by day right now and and adrian beltray coming back is going to be a huge difference i mean he's a hall of fame third baseman hands down it's not a question asked and that's a big guy to have out of your lineup on a daily basis. So when he comes back, everything he brings, that'll make a huge difference. And I think there will be other contributors, obviously, and guys who may have gotten off to a slow start who will contribute to that turnaround and that surge for this team. And, and, and that list actually is fairly long. But one guy I, I do kind of want to make note of right now um, is A.J. Griffin because A.J. through the other day, he's been a, a streak stopper for us. He's followed, I think, four losses this year. Maybe it's five. And he's won every time he has followed that loss, or at least the team has won in those, those starts that he's made. He did it again the other day. It was our final day in San Diego. After the game, in the post-game interview, we asked him about that being the streak stopper. And he didn't skip a beat. He turned right back around and said, no, 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 no. I, I want to be a streak starter. Maybe this <laughs> is the start of something going positive forward for this team. And it turns out we haven't lost since then. Right? We won the, the next two games against the Padres here. And there's a little bit of energy and a little bit of momentum heading into tonight in this first game against Oakland. So uh, I just dig A.J. too. I just think he's a fun guy to be around. And uh, so I'll, I'll throw him in the mix as well. I believe the Rangers are 5-0 and this season when A.J. Griffin
0: starts. So all he has to do know. is start every single night and problem solved. <laughs> Nothing to it. Uh, yeah. Dave Raymond yeah. and C.J. Nekowski, the pleasure has been all ours. It's been fun for us. Hope it's been fun for you guys too. It's
1: been Absolutely. awesome. This cage could be a little bigger, but, but it's awesome. <laughs>
0: All right, thank you both so much. And that wraps up another edition of the Edward Jones Chat Cage right here on MLB.com. Be sure to join us again next time right here.